Hi, welcome to another edition of the Let's Go Eat Show. I'm Bill Allred, and uh, you know, they say it takes a village, and I think that's true. That's why there's the Youth Village, the Utah Youth Village. It's a a place for uh, foster care. You know, they say that um, kids who get into situations where they have broken families and they don't have any place to go, they end up on the street. If you can get those kids into solid foster care and get them adopted, it can really save their lives. That's what the Utah Youth Village has been doing, helping one child and helping generations to come. They're the oldest and largest private nonprofit provider of residential treatment for children who are wards of the state. They have 11 group homes, over 60 treatment foster care homes throughout the state, and they do great, great work. Uh, I sat down with the um, transition foster care director, Charity Houghton is her name, and I also had two foster kids uh, sitting in the uh, in the studio with us as we recorded the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, I think you'll find the discussion really enlightening when it comes to foster care and adoption. And and when you hear from these two young girls, I think um, you'll really be a supporter of the foster care program and the Utah Youth Village. And if you have a mind to, become a foster family yourself. All right, so Let's Go Eat show. Uh, thanks to me for producing the show. I did all the setup because Dylan's still on vacation. Uh, and without further ado, here it is. The Let's Go Eat show, the Utah Youth Village, Charity Houghton. And uh, we're talking about foster care. <laughs> um, yeah, there we go. Uh, here we, uh, it's the Let's Go Eat show. Hi, I'm Bill Allred, um, wh- which you probably already know because I just introduced myself in an intro that I recorded after I did this in- you know how the Let's Go Eat show goes. This is, uh, you'll figure it out. We're, we're going to do something kind of interesting today. We're going to be talking about um, a, uh, uh, I guess it's a, it, it's not, a, it is a state-run program, is that right, Charity Houghton? It's actually not. It's a, it's a 501c3, so we're a nonprofit agency. We do contract with the state with the Department of Child and Family Services and with the Department of Juvenile Justice. Uh, we, meaning the uh, Utah Youth Village, um, and Charity Houghton is the Director uh, of Treatment, uh, t- right? Treatment of Foster Children for, for Utah, right? Yes, yeah, Treatment Foster Care. F- treatment Foster Care. And um, y- so uh, the state has its own foster uh, program too, don't they? They do, yes. Um, The state of Utah has the first three levels of foster care that that progress in intensity from levels one through three. What does that uh, mean? I don't understand. So essentially level one foster care is just shelter care. So kids are, you know, the the stereotype, yes, kids in the middle of the night need somewhere to go. They will go to a temporary placement. Um, That's usually really short term. And then for the state, levels two and three are considered a little bit more structured. Um, Where private agencies like Utah Youth Village come in are when level four foster care is required, and that's considered treatment foster care um, or proctor care. Some people call it proctor care. Mm -hmm. Um, We work with kids who have pretty extensive trauma histories usually, kids who have had a lot of abuse and neglect or they have their own independent issues that make it necessary for a treatment Uh, you you may may be kids who are on the autism spectrum absolutely yes yeah stuff like that yep or depression substance Mm -hmm. abuse issues um 
behavioral issues, if they are having a really hard time in school, um, learning disabilities, things like that. Those are the kinds of kids that we normally work with at Utah Youth Village. And, and uh, that's you have the Family First program, too. Which we do, yes. We have an entire continuum of services that we provide from parenting lessons through um, Families First is our intensive in-home program, and that is essentially where a, a specialist that is a parenting specialist comes into the home and works with the family one-on-one from anywhere f- between six to ten weeks. Don't you think that every every family should have to do that? Absolutely. They, whether, <laughs> whether, you, whether you think you're having problems or not, you probably ought to uh, have lessons on how to be a parent. Absolutely. And actually, to remedy that, the the old adage that kids don't come with a, an owner's manual or a how-to or, you know, you have to have a license to drive, but you don't have, a, to, have to have a license to be a parent right. is entirely true. So we've actually developed a website called Smarter Parenting that works with the same concepts that Families First and our foster care program and our group home program all teach our parents to use. We've actually... Um, taken those concepts and it's always been a continuum kind of model where you can do more or less of something depending on the needs of the family and the child now what's the website and can people just access that and and use it without i mean just use it yeah absolutely and we welcome that Mm -hmm. we would love to get broad use of it we're currently um partnered with intermountain Healthcare, and a lot of pediatricians and doctors are referring their families to it and what's the website Mm smarterparenting.com Okay, that's uh, now the when you say Utah Youth Village, yeah, it uh, it implies or uh, I picture uh, a bunch Kids of little living on a village, little huts, yeah, little <laughs> yes. little huts with grass grass roofs and and thatched roofs and kids living in little huts and things. It's not like that, is it? It is absolutely (laughs) not like that. Um, We were founded in the late 1960s, early 1970s, and started as a girls' group home program. There weren't any programs at all to serve the needs of um, young ladies who had gotten involved in the system, however they Mm -hmm. became involved, some through the courts and some through DCFS. Mm. And um, Lila Bjorklund, our founder, founded Utah Girls Village, and it was basically two group homes on five acres in Kearns. Um, People from the community, people from the Board of Education of Utah came to her. She was kind of a mover and a shaker, a big mover and a shaker in the community. Um, And they just knew if they put her to this task that she'd get it done, and basically she did. And we were successful, and so a couple of years later turned into Utah Youth Village, because and it really began on the premise um, her philosophy always was that if you can help one child you will help generations to come and it does kind of take a village to raise a child because it takes a lot of positive influence especially if children have been in an environment where there are negative influences or where they've suffered a lot of trauma you know when you think of a quote-unquote healthy family a lot of those emotional intelligence things things like social skills and the importance of school and all of that you learn that in your home our kids sometimes haven't had those great experiences so they need more positive role models around them and that's kind of the village concept how many uh, uh kids are there at any given time we have five group homes 
and all in the same uh, campus? No, they're actually spread throughout the valley. Oh. And then we also have a private girls' campus in Erda called Alpine Academy. Our parenting program is statewide. Our foster program is statewide. And... Um, and Families First also is almost entirely statewide. What are they? Uh, so it's both uh, both boys and girls. And what, what's the? Uh, age? I met some some cute little uh, foster kids out here in the, our lobby. Just the sweetest little kids, and th- and they're all between the ages of like uh, infant to what three. So how <laughs> how young and how old are the? Uh, um, th- Honestly, we have worked with newborns right from the hospital who were born addicted to drugs. And they, we knew that they would need more intensive care yeah. than just a shelter situation. So they've come to us right from the hospital. And we also work with refugees who can stay in our program up to the age of 21. So literally mm. birth to 21. We specialize in kids kind of in those teenage years, middle school through high school, Um but honestly, we work with all kids. What's a, what's a typical uh, a sort of day like for... Well, we have a couple of uh, uh, young ladies here, young women here, who have been in the foster program. Uh, I think one of them, uh, Makari, you're about to be out of the foster program, or what's going on with you? Um, in a couple months, I'm going to be adopted by a family through the youth village. Uh, and now is it a family that's been fostering you? You've been in there? Yes. Um, they've been fostering me for about five months. Mm. And they, they must are like going you. through the adoption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they've been fostering for a while. A couple of years ago, I was with them for about a year. And then I went through a couple more placements, and now I'm back with them. And now I'm getting adopted by them in August. Is that exciting? So exciting. Yeah. And uh, Jade, lean right into the microphone if you would, Jade. Uh, uh, what about you? What's your story? How? Where are you in the program? Uh, I went into foster care when I was 17. And I was in foster care until I was 20 with a very amazing woman. Who She, she was your foster parent? Yeah. Yeah. And she... Uh, it, it, and she's uh, your foster parent still? No. No? What's no. happened here? I finally got out of the system. I moved back home. I'm working full time and you moved back on home. my feet. You moved you move back home with the parents that... No, not with my parents. Where did you move back home? I what, actually what do you live with home? my grandma now. Oh, okay. But with a relative. You moved back with a relative. And For now. Yeah. And uh, you say you got back out on your feet. Tell me, you want to tell me a little bit about that story? Um, when I was put into foster care at 17, I was a full year behind on high school credits. Everybody in my hometown was telling me I wasn't going to graduate and I was going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Why were you having so much trouble? I was being bullied and had some problems at home. Mm-hmm. So I started cutting classes. I just didn't go. Life was not happy. I usually would run off into areas where just I'm rural. I don't do cities. You're <laughs> I'm rural, and I could I, that take explains off. why you had trouble getting here. <laughs> I, had, I had I had a lot of trouble getting here. Yeah, my grandma and I neither one of us can navigate in the city. Yeah. But um, 
I would leave the campus and I'd just head out somewhere into the sticks. Mm-hmm. And I'd just stay there. Oh, man. Away from everybody. As much as you could. I had a couple friends who'd mm-hmm. come with me sometimes, but yeah. I was usually alone. But not, uh, and, and when did it, you say you got put into foster care. Uh, was it not voluntary? Um, it happened after I spent 45 days in detention. I see. And you, so you had, you, you, you would need to go into foster care or else. I, trust me, I couldn't go back to my parents. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and you, were you immediately with this amazing woman who you mentioned? Yes. Yeah. I had one placement the entire time I was in care. It's the only good thing my first caseworker did for me. Well, it's a, it's a, it's interesting to me when I hear you say this uh, this amazing woman and your 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 face lights up instantly uh, when you what uh, was that here or was that in your hometown? That was actually down in Price. In Price, and uh, you guys just clicked. And did she have other foster children? Yeah, and that's pretty much why it clicked. Well, I know to explain that. She had one who was about a year and a half older than me, mm-hmm. who was into the same music, the same books, the same movies. We just, mm. we might as well have grown up together. And we clicked real fast. Yeah. She's still one of my best friends. And she's finally gone home, too. Mm-hmm. But she was, she was actually adopted by our foster mom. Mm. Um, so it was just that association with that uh, older, your older girl, was it a girl? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> y- your older girl and the foster mom, and that started changing the way you thought about yourself? No. Um, the time I spent in detention was more of a wake-up call than anything. Um, That's not a pleasant place to be, is it? But... Uh, the thing that put me into detention was the biggest wake-up call of my life. Well, you want to say what that was? Uh, let's just say I got into a fight with my dad and it ended bloody. Mm-hmm. I, I've, uh, I'll tell you just so you don't feel too out of it. I got into some of those myself with my dad when I was growing up. And uh, it was not pleasant sitting across the uh, table at Thanksgiving dinner with him while he was looking at me with the black eye I gave him. Okay, so I know what I know what you're talking. I know where you're coming from. It's a little worse than the black well, eye. Well, but you know, but it's still not pleasant. Uh, so uh, you're back home in in the same hometown with your grandma. My dad's mom actually, and yeah. me and my dad. Uh, Post the first couple years in foster care, we started to rebuild the relationship we never had. And. I've never had more of a relationship with my dad than I do now. So, so, so you've been able to achieve some relationship with him. That's pretty. I was also able to graduate high school. That's pretty amazing. That's, I mean, that's really amazing. Uh, is it? And it's because of the foster care that you received. It's because of my foster mom. Yeah. And the fact that she wouldn't let me give up on the relationship with my dad but she didn't let mm. me hope for it too hard so i didn't get hurt too bad yeah. it didn't work out yeah uh and uh so so you'll go back live in a small town and and uh and and like that and you'll be okay huh 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk to uh, um, Macari. Actually, where I would started to go with this, and I just kind of veered off into your story, uh, but we'll talk about talk to Macari a little bit uh, and see. I know, I know that made you nervous, but you you did that very well. You're fine. You did it. You you were great. I'll even ask you some more questions in a minute because you answered those great. Um, let's talk to Macari about her story. But I, what, what I wanted to find out was um, what life is like when you're in the – you spend some time in the group home, yeah? Um, yeah. Well, I spent some time in – it was more of a residential treatment center, so mm-hmm. like a program. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a normal group home, but I spent – I was there for a year. It was pretty rough, <laughs> um, but I met some pretty awesome girls there, and – I learned a lot there. It wasn't with the Utah Youth Village because I'd been in and out of the Utah Youth Village for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, what? What? Uh, how old are you? You mind me asking? Um, I'm 15. I'll be 16 in July. And how, how old are you, Jade? I'm 21. Oh, 20, I think you. I think you said that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 15. Uh, what? You want to talk a little bit about what landed you in? foster care um well i went well i've been in the system in and out set for since i was like four i've been in and out of the system not really in foster care but i'd have to move with my grandma every once in a while and go back with my parents i went into foster care when i was 10 and i've moved like 16 times since then different foster homes yes i've been in foster care i've lived with a couple family members it's been quite a few yeah. Is it, uh, you know, uh, Jade lucked out the first foster mm-hmm. place she went, and it was just like, wow, this is great. What was your experience like? Oh, that did not happen. Um, well, some foster homes just did not work out well at all. It's took me, taken me a long time to find the foster home that really works for me. But I finally found someone mm-hmm. that... I care about and it's just perfect for me. Yeah, let's talk to uh, Charity again now. Uh, how how do uh, tell me talk a little bit about this process? Uh, you vet people, obviously, who, do, who yeah. become foster parents, and um, uh, and you. Uh, but you, you, a lot of times you hear these stories about well, I went to this foster home and that just didn't work and this one just didn't work and this mm-hmm. one just didn't work and how do you uh, how does the uh, youth village uh interact with all of that and intervene and 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 facilitate things when when this these things happen a big part of doing foster care is it is the match between the parent and the child um another part of it is that some people come to foster care and think that you can just love a kid better that if I just love them enough that they will get better, that all their problem, you know, their history will be gone, their trauma will be gone, they'll just get better. Um, I, Oh, how I wish that were the truth. Yeah. If that were true, then all of the people who love their foster children would make them better, and I would be out of a job, and that would be great. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that would be the best day of my life. Um, I love the the Utah Youth Village, because of the model that we use, it really is that manual on parenting that none of us ever got. Um, because it's a huge focus on the relationship and a huge focus on helping the kids 
learn the skills that they need to be successful in their life and very strength-based and very positive. Um, so when we vet our foster parents, there is, there's an interview process. All agencies have an interview process. What we're looking for are families who are willing to see the kids' problems as separate from the kid. So no matter what they do, we, ne- we don't think there are any bad children. You know, we don't think kids are bad. Yeah, men, my kids. I bet I can, I bet I think the same thing of them. <laughs> so, and that's really that's really the philosophy. We, I haven't met a kid who wouldn't do better if they knew better, and that's what we try to focus on is helping them practice doing things better. You know, some of our kids are on it, frankly, and honestly, pretty oppositional when they get to us. They've had a lot of adults in their lives. Makari was in, you know, 16 placements, um, through other foster agencies Mm -hmm. and, and all of those people I'm sure loved her and were very well intentioned, but they didn't know how to work with her and they didn't know how to make that connection with her. And I hope you don't mind me saying this, sweetie. If I say anything you don't want me to say, please just Punch me in the nose. Hold your hand up, Makari, and say, stop, stop. No, you're fine. Um, You can say whatever. But but they weren't able to deal with some of the behaviors that were caused by the trauma she had been through. Mm -hmm. She had absolutely no reason to trust her foster parents when she first got there. None at all. So you, you think that a kid will say, well, I'm nice. Can't she tell that I'm nice? Why isn't she just nice to me? Because I'm nice to her. Or he nice to me because I'm nice to them. And it it's not that easy. When you've lived your whole life not being able to trust the people that you're around, um, there are some huge barriers that have to be overcome and some layers of that onion that need to be peeled back. Why do uh, people become foster parents, do you think? You know, honestly, it's all because they want to help the kids. It's It really is. There are so many awesome people that want to help children. In in our agency, we're actually one of the larger agencies and older agencies in the state, and so many of our foster parents decide to adopt their kids that we're always in need of great foster parents. Frankly, that's one of the reasons we asked to be here today is because when – great people adopt their kids, that means they're no longer available to do foster care. You can't, uh, now if you adopt a child, after you, if you foster a child, you adopt a child, you, you think, man, we just get along great and uh, th- this flourishes. Can't you still foster? You actually can. You can. Yes. But but a lot, a lot of people probably choose not to. They uh, Right. Because you can only have up to six kids and... Um, Six. Uh. Six. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I mean six total in the home. You can only Uh. have three foster children at a time, Mm -hmm. but you can have six total children. Mm -hmm. Um, The family that you met in the lobby are actually adopting those Those children. Those three little boys? Yes. Those those kids are cute. Oh, my God, they're cute. Yeah, Yeah. and and Makari. I want to go out there and challenge and say, I'm going to adopt them. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do it. You'd have a fight on your hands. I know, I could tell. I could tell. So, um... So people get into foster care because they want to help kids. Mm -hmm. Often what they're not prepared for are the skills necessary to help those kids. And that's where... Utah Youth Village comes in because we have um, 
supervisors for our homes that are available 24-7. We do extensive training, extensive support with the family in the home. Um, just I, it, I would bore you to death if I went through everything that the families have to learn before mm-hmm. they can take the kids. But essentially, uh, our mission statement is improving the lives of children one excellent parent at a time. We require our parents to be excellent, and that's what's necessary to help a kid who's really been hurt. I would think a difficult part of being a foster parent, too, though, is at some point that if you don't choose to adopt a child, that child's going to leave, and maybe you've forged a, a nice relationship, a good relationship, and then... You have to say, well, bye. Now it's time to go. Or the parent, maybe the child's biological parents have gotten their acts together. Does that happen? I would assume that happens. It does happen. Yeah, we have foster parents who want to adopt, and then we have other foster parents who just really want to help children. Mm. And not that those things are mutually exclusive, but we kind of have people in both, you know, in both of those lanes, let's say. Um what, one of the things that works really well is because of the continuum, we have hopefully helped the biological parents gain some skills as well as the child while they've been with us. And when they go home, we're never happier than when a kid can go home and stay home. Mm-hmm. So our programs like Families First and Smarter Parenting and our parenting classes, the whole goal of all of those programs is to help a kid go home and stay home or never even come into care to begin with. Mm. So it's difficult, but as the foster parents see those, those parents blossom and that child blossom, knowing that you're sending that child home to a, a completely different environment or a significantly improved environment is kind of what we live for. Mm. Uh, Makari, can I ask you, so you're, you say you're about to be adopted uh, by a foster two um, a, a couple a, a mm-hmm. man and a woman uh and they have other kids um well they've done foster care for a while off and on when i first moved in the home we had another foster daughter but not anymore so we i was alone with them for a little bit just me but now we have three little boys like you were talking about mm-hmm. who are just so amazing and, yeah, we're going to adopt the three boys and me, and we don't have any other kids. Um, is there uh, – so 15, and then you, you, will, you will be – and is that – you know, I was adopted, actually, uh, when I was uh, – my mother remarried, and uh, um, my uh, stepfather wa- wanted, wanted to adopt me and then did. Um, I won't go into all of that, but uh, – uh, so once you are, is it the same sort of adoption? I mean, this is now a legal binding. Mm-hmm. Your your last name may change to their last name, and yeah, uh, is that what you will do? Yeah, I'll be changing my I, last name to I their suppose, last name. I suppose you have the option if you don't want mm-hmm. that. You could keep your last name. But. Yeah, I could keep my last name if I wanted to, or if I wanted to, I could change my whole name. I could change my first name, middle name, everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to take on their last name. So that's uh, I don't which I I, feel, I like that. I mean, I think that seems very. It, it seems sort of more permanent, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And more, and so they will be. Now, can I ask you what about? So there is no chance that you'll. I mean, will you ever have a relationship with your uh, biological parents? Or yes, are they around? Um, or? Well, I don't. So my biological mom 
we you have to terminate your rights to become foster care, yeah. and that just happened not long ago. I still have contact with all of my biological family, and I talked with my biological mom mm-hmm. on the daily. Mm-hmm. Like, we still have contact. It's just that I can never live with her. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not not, not in the cards. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, and what do you, uh, so you're going, you go to school, and uh, what, what do you want to do with your life now that things seem to be kind of, stable really stable for for yeah. the for the first time in your 15 years yeah this is the first time that it's been actually stable mm-hmm. in a while um yeah i'm just going right now i'm just trying to get a, working on finding out what i want to do for a career um just trying to finish high school yeah yeah and you live here in salt lake um oh well, i live in kearns in kearns yeah and uh now uh jade is just she just can't wait to get back to whatever small town, and we don't unless you want to tell us you can, but you don't have to tell us what small town. Is it a really small town in Utah? Yes. How how small? Like population less than a hundred. Get, get closer knows to the microphone. Other. So you don't want it. Will you say what it is? Do you care? Let's see if anyone can actually find it. Tridel, Utah. Tridel. <laughs> Never even heard no. of it. No. And I've been a lot of places in Utah. Okay, think Vernal. Right, thirty so you, miles west of Vernal. So you're out in the Uinta Basin, yeah. Okay, thirty miles west of Vernal. You'll there, find La Point, and then about two miles north of La Point is Tridel. Man, there's nothing out there. It's a dairy town. Really? Mostly it's like a, some feedlots and mostly cows. Yeah, and you and that's uh, you like it there. I love it there. Why? Because <laughs> it's quiet. <laughs> yeah, well, except for the mooing of the cows, I guess. Yeah, but the quiet. mooing of the cows is different than the vroom vroom and sirens. Well, you got yourself on your feet. You're 21 now. Working uh, graveyards at 7-Eleven. Uh, yeah, you're working <laughs> at 7-Eleven. What, but what will you do when you go to Tridell? Sleep. Well, <laughs> wait, I mean how, for, for work. I'm already in Tridell. I go over to Vernal and work at 7-Eleven. Oh, you're working at a 7-Eleven in Vernal. I see. It's a thirty-minute commute. Yeah. No problem. But that's all right. Yeah, I uh, that's I think that's a life you like, and that's a life you will live. You want to you want to get into cows at all, or just keep working at the Seven Eleven? I'll stick with Seven Eleven <laughs> and go to college and start teaching like I want to. Oh yeah, what do you want to you want to teach? What uh, elementary school or uh, high school or what do you want to do? High school English. High school English used to be science, but then I found my niche in writing. Uh, and I, I have, I have a suspicion that your foster mother had something to do with that. She actually has a major in English, yeah. so I guess you could say there are some connections. Where so? Where are you going? You have any idea where you want to go to school? USU, you in a basin, so I can work and do school at the same time. Oh, there, is that in? Uh, That's in Vernal and Roosevelt. They, oh, they have a campuses in they Vernal. Have and branch and both. No, they have them in Price as well, I know. No, that's USU Eastern. Get it straight. <laughs> <laughs> Small towns are very competitive. Yes, they are. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah. USU Eastern has the Eagle. We're still Aggies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what? Uh, let's talk about the kind. You say uh, uh, fa- it, it's. You always need people to be foster parents. Absolutely, There's yeah. no shortage of foster children. No, we generally get 50 referrals a month and are only able to take in about 10 kids. Well, that sucks. So that's, for the, that's 40 kids that are not being served. And, um, you know, 
everyone knows that visual of Miss Hannigan and Annie and people only do foster care for the money and mm-hmm. all of those horrible things. I, I've really never met that person who does foster care for the money. Really? You can't make enough money in foster care to, you know, yeah. to do anything. Um, well, unless you're like Fagan and you send, <laughs> you send the children out to pick pockets for you. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, but and so it, it's not necessarily a financial burden on the family, but it is, you know, it costs it costs money to take in foster kids. And um, and oh, I'm sorry, I've completely forgotten well, my a, point. Just a, how you need always need foster we parents. Do. And how how do people apply for that? Um, they can go to youthvillage.org. That's our online application. It's essentially just a very rudimentary screening process. And then somebody that works for Utah Youth Village will contact them normally within 24 hours and set up an interview. We believe really strongly that it's sort of a mutual selection process. So they need to pick us and we need to pick them. Mm -hmm. Um, Just in the same way that we match kids with families, we feel like our philosophies need to match. So... That's the interview, or, you know, the application mm-hmm. process is just through youthvillage.org. If anybody has any questions about foster care and wants to call me directly, um, I'm happy to give my number. It's 801-557-4482. Um, yeah, or just there are a lot of questions that can be answered on our website as well. Uh, and that's Utah. It's youthvillage.org. Youthvillage.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the, uh, you know, things have changed in our society. Uh, are there, uh, now apparently single people can be foster. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll just ask it directly. Can uh, uh, gay couples be foster parents? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a big change in society. Yeah. It, which, it's... which I think is a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's as long as you're legally married, that's sometimes where the complication comes in. There's a licensing rule against cohabitating or cohabiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to be legally married or single, and that goes for gay or mm-hmm. heterosexual couples. So gay, so, uh, single, single men and or single women, women. can uh, can uh, foster. Absolutely. I would assume you put boys with single men and normally, yeah, yeah. and girls with. Uh, so, so that's a great. That probably has helped a lot in the years you've been doing it. Has that in, increased the numbers of people who come into foster parenting? Uh, we actually don't have any same-sex couples yet in mm. foster care. I don't think a lot of people realize that they can foster. Yeah. So I, that's something I'm happy to get out there to people. We've had some inquiries. Generally, though, people aren't, they're not yet married yet. Mm-hmm. And that's what's holding that's them the back. That's the qualification. Mm-hmm. You have to be, which, married. which you now can be as a same-sex couple. Absolutely. So be, be legally uh, married and you can do it. Um, I think, and and I think that would be uh, that's an, a really excellent thing for uh, people people to do. You know, it's it te- it teaches it can teach couples a lot about how they are and who they are and what and really how they deal with children and mm-hmm. uh, you know I mean it can be very instructive. <laughs> like you know maybe we don't want to have kids. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it's a hard thing to. Uh, um, to contemplate when I see these two uh, really nice young women here that um, you guys should have had such a difficult time. Um, 
but it sounds to me like you're both really on on like the path you want to be on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. took a while to get there, yeah. but I'm finally in the path I want to be on. Yeah. You feel good about yourself. That's because that's a big part of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, is in a way, a lot of times I think it's the biggest part of it, how you feel about yourself. Did you want to say something about that, Jade? Well, before I went into foster care, I wouldn't be anywhere near this room because people could see me or mm-hmm. people could hear me <laughs> more, to put the point. Yeah. Me working a job as a clerk at a, a convenience store, yeah. never going to happen because I can't look people in the eye. Well, I can you look can look people in the eye. You now. can do it, yeah, and you do it well. And it's uh, uh, I I predict nothing but good stuff for you. <laughs> nothing but good stuff. Well, my regulars love me. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley's really she's very humble about all of the things that she's accomplished, but she has actually, as part of one of her school projects, did a documentary about foster care, and interviewed several families and. Really? was much more comfortable behind the camera than in front of it. But she put herself out there in a way Mm -hmm. that I don't think she would have ever done before. And she has just honestly blossomed as a young lady. It's been so fun for all of our kids, but these two in particular, to watch them just blossom as young ladies. Uh, Now, so uh, now that I know you've done a documentary and you have to ask, you had to ask people questions... Uh, let me ask you this. What have I missed? What questions should I have been asking here that I haven't asked? Gosh, I have to think back for that. Yeah? Um, well, when I was... I have one if you can't think of When I was interviewing, I was mostly... I would ask about uh, mostly parents' experiences with mm-hmm. kids. Um, with one parent, I asked about certain things that come up in certain foster kids like rad and things like that but specific questions i couldn't tell you what is your what i should i'm going to start doing this in every interview that i do no matter who it is i'm going to start saying okay so what uh, what haven't i what should i have asked that i haven't asked you you say you had something charity i would like to ask both of you what qualities do good foster parents have? Ah, uh, good question. Um, yes, that's uh, M- Makari is going to answer yeah. first. Personally, I think one of the best qualities a foster parent can have is just being understanding. And they have to understand that it's not always going to be perfect. I feel like I've been in some foster care, I've been in some foster placements where when something goes wrong, they're like, oh, crap. And they don't know what to do. I feel like mm. foster parents should have an understanding that not everything is going to be peachy. Mm-hmm. That, that makes perfect sense. They, they need to know the difference between the time to reprimand and the time to comfort. Yeah. Because mm. all foster, like, children are not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes, especially being in foster care. A lot of the children have some issues, gun like shy. behavioral issues. You'd be really stuff. kind of gun shy about it, the whole thing, I would think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This isn't going to work out. I know it's not going to work out. Yeah, I've experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not going to work out. There's definitely a honeymoon with new foster parents where you get excited about helping kids and you come to the training and you get licensed and they drop a kid off at your house and that doesn't know you from Adam and 
you don't know them from Adam. And there's that period of time when you just want to, you know, run screaming into the night because you've gotten yourself way in over your head. Um, those families that stick with it, the families that have grit and are not going to give up on a kid are the ones that come to love it is what I find. And that's how I ended up with the perfect foster parent. And that's how <laughs> Jade ended up with the perfect foster parent. You're lucky. You're yeah. lucky. I was lucky. Well, you, you, worked, you worked hard on it too, though, didn't you? Uh, let's just say I did everything in my power not mm. to mess anything up. Uh, so uh, at working at the Seven Eleven in uh, uh, Vernal, uh, what do you sell? What what brand of beer do you sell most? Oh, um, I'm not. I'm not. And do you sell a lot of cigarettes? I sell a lot of cigarettes. Yes, but yeah. um, when it comes down to it, it'll be. 50-50 between the 30 case of Bud Light and a 30 case of Budweiser and a 30 case of Coors. That's what that's where, where I thought it would have gone. Give or me, Mike's. Yeah. Mike's Hard Lemonades, we sell a lot of those too, but that's <laughs> mostly to people I know. Uh, uh, so, And, uh, Makari, you don't know what you want to do yet? Just finish high school? Yeah, well, I've been interested in quite a few things. I've even been interested in doing radio for, for like couple months i was interested in that mm-hmm. <laughs> well you know you can do a uh, you can do uh, an internship uh, mm-hmm. at x96 i think you have to be a little older but uh, if we're st- if we're still on the air which you never I know i anticipate <laughs> you will be you never know <laughs> i would die if you stopped <laughs> in a couple of years you could probably come an intern on the radio from hell show if you wanted to I do would. that not be okay if you guys stopped that <laughs> well you know you never know it uh, you know all things have to come to an end someday <laughs> come uh, on be nice she's a fan don't break her okay heart. we'll be <laughs> here really, we'll really be here <laughs> we'll be here when you're 17 or 18 i forget what the age is that we it might be 18 you have to be 18 to do it i think but so we'll okay we'll still be here for you i promise makari <laughs> okay good uh, when uh, you're a student at the u you, know. you can intern here yeah okay. there you go I'm pulling you on that. Okay, do it. Uh, it's uh, the Utah Youth Village. If you're interested in fostering, uh, where do you go? Youthvillage.org. And if you want to see about our parenting philosophy, you can visit smarterparenting.com. Charity Houghton, Director of Treatment for Foster Care for the uh, Youth Village. Uh, Jade, uh, just just out of the foster program now and Probably have you know, I'm a month shy of a year clear. <laughs> month shy of a year clear, but you still have a relationship with your uh, foster parent and see her. Their see her family. occasionally. You see her occasionally and all of that. Yeah. I went some for Christmas. <laughs> How nice! <laughs> and uh, Makari, our uh, our intern in uh, three years from now. <laughs> thanks for being here. The ba- I hope just the best for you. I hope this is great for you, and I think it will be. Thank you. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I'm Bill Allred. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double. Broadway Media Podcast Network. 